You're in the WOR Sports Zone. Mets Spring Training Report. Uh, Mets, uh, a loss today, 7-6 to the Marlins. Matt Harvey, the eight strikeouts, five innings of work, did allow three runs. We bring on right now Nelson Figueroa, uh, outstanding analyst for SNY. And uh, Nelson, great to have you on the show again. How you doing? I'm doing well, Pete. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, you had some time in Florida. Tough uh, coming back up here. Oh, God. <laughs> Indeed. I had a bomb cyclone. I've had some, you know, polar vortexes and everything else. I'm actually going down next week to uh, get some firsthand looks at the team from inside and out and uh, nice. get a better feel of uh, what's going to come up north. Hopefully no bomb cyclones in Florida. You stay away from that. They save that for the uh, the summer months. You know, we had uh, Stephen Matz uh, on the show earlier. It's been, you know, kind of a... A, a, a rough spring record wise overall five fifteen and two at this point in the spring i asked uh, i asked Stephen about it <clears throat> he didn't sound too concerned that's uh that's kind of what he offered up but like does it matter five fifteen and two does that uh you know does that matter in any way shape or form to you i mean the wins of course when you can have them and look at them and say, "Oh, look, we're we're playing well and we're winning ball games." And but if the fact of the of reality was that it was, you know, the minor league kids are winning ball games and beating the other minor league uh, teams that are out there for a majority of the games right now, then yeah, you could sit there and and boast about it, and the average fan would be like, "Oh, look, the team's doing so well." Mm-hmm. So when you the reality of it is that the the full lineup is not playing yet. Uh, guys are starting to get stretched out. Finally, the starters. There's a lot of minor league guys that they're taking a look at that they don't really know too well and guys are trying to uh, win jobs uh, those guys are being put into different situations to see how they react but overall no you can't put too much onus on spring training numbers especially the record because again a lot of those games are ending with numbers 88 and higher so we can blame Tebow <laughs> yeah the Tebow effect is real I think uh, you know him coming up with bases loaded a couple of times it's fun for the fans and the yeah. fans again give him a standing ovation every time up there but uh, it's really not his job to uh, win ball games for the Mets yeah, stick to the NFL playoff games Tim uh, we're, we're talking right now with Nelson Figueroa with SNY right now uh, you know overall for the pitchers I mean the really good news is everybody is healthy right now Jacob deGrom isn't on track to start opening day but he'll be ready uh, soon after that first turn through the rotation so they could still get the 30-plus starts out of him. Uh, Who do you think has had the best spring training, the most impressive spring training of that group? I mean, it's hard to not be impressed with Noah Syndergaard. This is a guy who came off of injury for the first time in his career and, you know, hitting 101 on the gun and yet being able to dial it down has been the most impressive part because they've been trying to get him to do that for three years, not trying to throw so hard, using his breaking ball a little bit more, pitching a little bit more backwards. And, uh, you know, the results have been really nice to see a guy. And I think really, if you look at the whole staff, Noah definitely is the most impressive pitcher they have. There's nobody else like him in baseball. Um, but when you look at the whole staff really trying to work on what you know Dave Island and Mickey have gotten them to buy into using their fastballs more pitching inside more and not having to rely on going slider heavy you know it was very impressive years in the, in the years past when these guys would strike out 8 9 10 batters but they were so slider reliant and not looking to get deeper in the ball games not getting quicker outs things like that so i'm seeing them at least trying to do a lot more of that in spring training. And, you know, there's been some mixed results. Again, a guy like Steven Matz, who, you know, two starts ago, he got hit around.
around, but when you looked at the quality of the hits, it was a couple broken bats, a couple mm-hmm. of bloop shots, and you know you want a guy that's going to go out there and challenge guys in the strike zone and not walk a lot. He unfortunately was walking people, and that led to the bigger innings. But I think these guys are starting to get a different. Uh, there's a different mentality now that there's a, a new regime in town. And how about Syndergaard? You touched on it at the top that he you know, has dialed it down a, a bit, and he still had success. He's still striking guys out. Is that something that, for some guys, even if it is spring training, the light bulb goes off that, hey, I don't have to throw every single pitch as hard as I possibly can? Yeah, I mean, you can go from Syndergaard, who, again, when he dials it down from 100, it's, you know, 98, 97. And it's funny because he doesn't have that max effort type uh, deal where every ball is kind of being thrown almost to the backstop. He's not that kind of guy. He's a guy who can pitch comfortably between 97 and 100 and sit there comfortably, not overexerting himself. Now, when you turn the page from him and you see somebody kind of dialing it down or having to work with less, Matt Harvey has actually looked a lot better, looked a lot more comfortable not trying to dial it up. We saw some 96s from him today, and at the same time, I saw some 91s and 92s that I was impressed with because of the action on the ball, the late life on the ball, guys hitting the ball to the right side of the field, the right-handed hitters hitting the balls to the right side of the field. That tells you it's not a normal 91, 92-mile-an-hour fastball. It's getting the job done and getting it out, even though it's not overpowering. If you had to guess Matt Harvey's ERA this year, you know, what, what range would you peg it at? Oh, it was funny because I was on Twitter arguing with Michael Barron about this because he was saying how if he had a three and a half to four ERA, it'd be a really nice year. And then I had to let him know that in the major leagues, a three and a half makes you one of the top 20 pitchers in all of baseball. And a four ERA makes you one of the top 30 pitchers in all of baseball. So you kind of have to dial that down a little bit more. I would like to see him somewhere between the four and a half and four range, which again, a quality starter is six innings, three runs. That's a quality start. That's a four and a half ERA. Guys were getting paid and valued because, mm-hmm. of course, they were throwing 200 innings at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, where you're dialing down the innings, I'm looking for him to be able to do that kind of six innings, three runs or less, and have more brilliant outings than not having as many, uh, you know, or horrible outings that he had like last year. So I think he can sit comfortably with somewhere between a 4-2 ERA and lower. I can say 4-2 it would be a high end for him with the way he's pitching now and very using his change up a lot more and getting a lot more ground ball outs. That's been an impressive part for me. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it a couple of segments ago. 4-2 is the exact number I said. That would be the perfect ERA for him. Let me ask you this. Do you still hold out hope? Because I know a lot of the fan base does that there's still that ceiling that's even you know close to what he was pre Tommy John 2015 you know that Matt Harvey the the dark night Matt Harvey that I, I think a lot of people still hope to see. Well, the dark night Matt Harvey I, again I, I haven't we haven't seen a full season of that dark night Matt Harvey of the unhittable stuff and it wasn't it wasn't close to Dwight Gooden type stuff and numbers. I mean, I think everybody seems to think that he was unhittable and he was, you know, Justin Verlander flirting with a no-hitter every other game. We didn't, I didn't ever see that guy. I never saw that guy. And even after the surgeries, the 2015 version of Matt Harvey was plenty. I mean, you saw a guy who could still pump that fastball in the upper part of the strike zone, still had a good enough slider to get away from it, but he was became more of a two-pitch pitcher. After the second surgery, now all of a sudden he's going to have to become a three-four pitch pitcher and move the ball around a little bit differently than he has in the past. And I think that's going to make him an even better pitcher. I always liken it to Oral Hershiser. 
all Hershiser put up 51, 52 straight scoreless innings. That wasn't a fluke. He was well prepared each and every time out. He had that little cheat sheet in his back pocket because he wanted to make sure he wasn't going to make a mistake to the hitter if he didn't know exactly how he wanted to pitch him. Matt Harvey's going to have to prepare that way. He's going to have to know these hitters inside and out and how to attack them. And there are areas that you can attack and areas to avoid. If he can do that, then you're going to see a guy who's not – I'm not looking for a serviceable major league pitcher. I'm looking for a guy that when he is on, like you saw today, he had eight strikeouts mm-hmm. in only five innings. I can't remember the last time he had eight strikeouts in a ball game. So that to me is a very promising sign that he still has the ability to strike people out with less than the dark night stuff, and it can be done. I think a lot of us had done it in the major league level, level without having dark night type stuff. No, definitely. And we'll, we'll get into, I want to do one more picture, then we'll get into some of the other fun stuff with the Mets as we chat with Nelson Figueroa of SNY right now uh, about Zach Wheeler. He's lighting up the radar gun. He's been healthy throughout this spring. It looks like he's on the outside looking in on the rotation spot. The numbers haven't really followed, but has he impressed you this spring? Uh, you know what? For him to impress me, it's going to be more of a how well can he adapt? How well can he take on a new role, a new challenge? Um, you can say to your blue in the face, you want to be a starter. You've always been a starter. You've always been a starter. But while the fact is, is that you've had more time on the DL than you have in a major league uniform, that has to change. And I think if he kind of buys into the role that they can find for him, I could see him being a very effective seventh-inning guy. And, again, if you want to get stretched out, you might have to go to AAA. There's no, there's no shame in wanting to be stretched out and be ready and anything of that nature. But if you're going to fight the fact that you may have to be a seventh-inning guy and be a guy that can be a very valuable seventh-inning guy to move the ball to the back end of that bullpen so that they can you know, pile up some wins and, and be in a playoff hunt, then not everybody's going to have a chance to start. But I do think the Mets are going to be a little bit smarter about using the 10-day DL, about using a sixth starter every now and then. And so in that case, I think he should kind of stay ready, be pushed all the way and stretched out in spring training so that he does feel like he can do either job. And I think uh, he could be a very nice addition to that bullpen if he – puts his mentality to it as well. But once you put him in there, that's it, right? He's a bullpen arm, and then you're not moving him back and forth with his history? Well, you don't want to. You wouldn't like to. Again, the reason he would have to go back and forth is there was another injury inserted back in. So you would kind of hope for him to really catch on to this role and, and flourish in it. I mean, Wade Davis, Andrew Miller, those guys were all starters who were not very good as starters. They were guys who couldn't go three times through the lineup. They were guys who were wild. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between being effectively wild as a reliever, being unpredictable as a reliever, and dominating those three hitters that you have to face. And I think they cashed in very nicely on that role, whereas they could have been below-average starters who never really amounted to much. Those guys are two of the most valuable reliever arms in the game. I said a couple of quick hitters as far as the position players goes. We chat with Nelson Figueroa. First base, you worried about that spot for the Mets? Uh, not really worried. Not really worried. When you have a veteran guy who's done it for years and years and years, and yes, he's coming off his first season in his career of having injuries and being on the DL, 
Um, you know, when I saw him down in spring training and talked with him, uh, you know, he felt like he figured out exactly what was wrong and, and he addressed it during his offseason workouts. The numbers haven't been there for him as of yet. He made an adjustment to his swing over the last few days. He was two for three in his last game at the big league level. I guess he went to the minor league side today just to get a ton of at-bats. And he was five for eight today hitting the ball. He felt much harder than he had, you know, the previous two weeks in camp. All right. Uh, are you a believer in what Kevin Ploiecki is doing behind the plate? Um, behind the plate, uh, you know, he's always his, he was always going to be a guy who was going to be able to challenge Darno with the pitch framing. I like the game calling aspect a little bit more than Darno. Darno kind of relied upon Dan Worthen a little bit too much, um, you know, with with the game plan and not recognizing when things are starting to go wrong. It, it, I always hated that it kind of spiraled out of control you know, two, three batters too late before he went out to talk to uh, the pitcher or, or, you know, get a visit with the pitching coach or anything like that. So I like what Flowecki is doing. I like, I think he's believing in himself. He has a lot of confidence out there. He looks like a totally different player than he did just a year ago because he realizes that it's probably going to be a split job. And, you know, if he plays himself into a role, he could take away the starting job mm-hmm. if he's able to do uh, the way that he's been hitting and, and, and catching back there. Still got to be able to throw runners out at second base. That's going to yeah. be the biggest key. I like that he gave Syndergaard a kick in the butt a couple of starts ago. That's that's meaningful. That tells you something, no? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's without a doubt. I remember when he first came up, he was kind of hesitant to yeah. even go out there. And even, you know, a guy like Bartolo Colon, it's like, okay, he's got one pitch. Yeah, everybody knows he has one pitch. The other team already knows he's going to throw the same pitch over and over again. But at certain times, is you have to break the rhythm of the hitters, break mm-hmm. the break a rally. There's things that a catcher can do that he wasn't really prepared for coming up for the first time that I hope that he's grown into a little bit more. And I saw some of that last year, you know, in August and September, working with some of the younger pitchers and having to go out there a little bit more and just to stay on the same page. I think he's he's matured a lot more over the past season than uh, I think we give him credit for. Quiet camp for Ahmed Rosario. Your thoughts on what you've seen this spring from him? This is a former number one prospect. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think that, you know, everybody's expecting lightning bolts or some kind of magical thing where he can, you know, ride on a rainbow or something. I I don't know. (laughs) You have to do something that's otherworldly because, you know, you get guys now that come into the league. You know, you you get a guy like uh, Bellinger for the Dodgers who wasn't a first, you know, number one prospect overall. 35 home runs. Well, everybody's like, okay, well, then Rosario should be hitting 40 home runs. He's not built that way. He's young. He's talented. He's wiry. So he's kind of Jose Reyes light at this point. Again, he gets to hitting those line drives the other way, starts getting some balls in the gap. You'll see the triples start to mount. Um, his defense is really, really good. But again, as a young player, he's going to make mistakes. It's how quickly he can learn from those mistakes and avoid doing them again. We saw some growth last year. Um, did you see anything to go wow about? Not really, but I think after getting his first taste and getting comfortable at the major league level, I'm expecting much bigger things for him. I think he can easily hit 20 home runs and and, and put up a, a nice 265 to 270 batting average. It's nothing to go wow about, yeah. but I think that's kind of a nice base for him and without putting too much pressure on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing the defense. Uh, that'll be a, a breath of fresh air for a full season for this Mets team. Finally, Brandon Nimmo, center field. You give him that job right now? I think opening day, it looks like, uh, you know, Carlos Martinez, I think, is slated for the for the uh, Cardinals, so that's a righty. And as, if a platoon is what they're looking for, Brandon Nimmo has earned every right to uh, be the starting center fielder. Um, he does everything you want in the leadoff position, almost to a fault, 
drives me crazy when he takes the three two fastballs down the middle yeah. where he thinks they're you know they're a ball down or a ball out and the umpire disagrees the umpires never lose the umpires have never <laughs> lost that battle and he has to learn that he mm-hmm. has to learn how to foul off a pitch even if it's not your best swing it's not your a swing if you foul off a pitch and then get your a swing ready for the next one you don't let that ball or that possibility of striking out looking happen um but he has done everything that you could ask of him uh, i really like him and, and his ability to get on and he's a different his Different. I think he changes that lineup a little bit when he's at the top of it. All right, uh, Nelson Figueroa, dodging bomb cyclones and such up here with the rest of us, but you'll be uh, in Florida with the group in the not-too-distant future, and uh, we look forward to seeing more of you on SNY. Thanks for the time, Nelson. Thank you, Pete. Talk to you later. All right, be good. Nelson Figueroa of SNY. We'll talk about some of what he had to say. I mean, real interesting on Zach Wheeler, I thought, and uh, you know, obviously he knows the pitching in and out and seen all these starts for these guys over the years.